edition of the Inside Orange County Water Polo Podcast. I am Dan Albano again from Orange County Register, OCVarsity.com, and I'm joined by Orange Lutheran Water Polo Coach Steve Carrera. And Coach, good morning. We're doing this uh, day before the CIF Finals, uh, girls' water polo coming up on February 25th at the uh, Willette Junior Aquatic Center in Irvine. And uh, Coach, how are you doing this morning, and have you recovered from the, uh, a really good uh, Division One semifinals. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Dan. And yeah, I mean it was a great uh, Wednesday night. Was great semifinals. Uh, there were some exciting games, and um, you know, looking forward to this final final matches on Saturday. Should be a really good final with both Division One and Division Two. Well, I guess if we get over there to uh, to. Uh, Irvine on Saturday, we might need to bring our uh, umbrellas because I guess there's going to be some rain in the uh, in the forecast, so you yeah. have to be prepared for that, Coach. Yeah, no, I mean, it always seems to be some wrinkle either in the semis or in the finals, but, um, you know, I'm really, one of the things I'm excited about is with the boys' uh, season, and I think the past couple of years there's been conflicts with other CIF sports going on, and right. so they've had to play the D1 final earlier in the day. And for, for this one, it's really nice to see that D1 game at 7 o'clock at night, sort of the nightcap. Um, and I know there's going to be some really good games leading up to the Division One and Division Two final. But, you know, Division One is, I believe, where it's supposed to be, which is 7 o'clock at night and kind of the nightcap. Yep, it's going to be Division One final, 7 o'clock. Number one and defending champion, Laguna Beach, undefeated, riding a 51-game winning streak. It's... Uh, a little mind-boggling to say that, and uh, they take on the number two seed Foothill, and that will be the uh, fifth meeting of the season for them. That's that's pretty special. But let's uh, maybe talk a little bit about the four o'clock game. Um, you know, I think a lot of Orange County fans will have some interest in this one. In Division Two, it's going to be the top-seeded El Toro Chargers in their first CIF final against uh, their their South Coast League rival San Clemente, the number three seed, and they split a pair of games in the South Coast League. I think uh, pretty much all year, these you know you could have looked at Division Two and, and, and seen that these were maybe the top two teams in the division. Though so, you know Marietta Valley and Agura were were excellent, but I think uh, I think this is going to be an outstanding matchup uh, between El Toro and Clemente. What do you think, Coach? Uh, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, from the very beginning, uh, San Clemente, in my eyes, was the favorite going into the season. I, I didn't see it any other way. I knew they had Kusno and, and McCutcheon, and you know they they have a, still a pretty young team. I mean they're they're juniors, so um, this is going to be a great experience for them. And I think once you know I I knew Agora was going to be good because they had been sort of rising over the last couple of years, um, and they're sort of similar with Royal, who I believe is in the Division Four final. Uh, so you know they have juniors and sophomores who are who are rising and doing really well, um, and so you know I think once the Trinity League moved out of Division Two, uh, when we got word of that, I felt like San Clemente, the South Coast League, became the toughest league in Division Two, and uh, so I'm not surprised to see San Clemente in the final, even though they struggled throughout the year. I'm a little surprised to see El Toro in the final. Uh, only because I didn't expect them to do uh, to be one of the favorites in, in the beginning of the year. But Justin Johnson has done a spectacular job um, of really 
bringing that program back to sort of the prominence. And it may not be on that guy's side yet. I'm sure he'll do a great job with them. But um, to finally get the girls into the final, I think, says a lot about what he's been able to do over there and sort of change the culture. And, um, you know, it's really tough to follow Don Stahl. I mean, he's he's an amazing coach. He's a legend. And um, I think for Justin to get to the final really puts his stamp on that program. And they did a good job. They took their time hiring a coach over there. Um, And I think, you know, they made the right, they made the right choice, obviously. Yeah, it's been interesting. They've they've had, you know, like you said, uh, replacing a legend uh, is tough. You know, there's such big, creates such big shoes to fill. And they've had several coaches on the girls' side the last, probably the last four seasons. Uh, There's been about four different coaches that have gone through there, through some interim tags. And and Justin Johnson even got hired very late in the summer. Um, You know, it was looking like earlier in the summer, I don't know if you remember that, you know, it looked like, Brent Dana was going to be yeah. was going to be the coach there, and then he ended up going to Low Sal, and Coach Justin Johnson was at at one of the school your your former stomping grounds at Concordia, mm-hmm. and he ended up at El Toro, and you know he's he's been associated with the set program, and I, I agree with him, you know he's been a great hire. I think he's got uh, I like his demeanor. He's a pretty calm guy. Maybe he wasn't as you know he had I think he was pretty excited and, and intense. During the semifinals, our game, you know, 11-9 game against Marietta Valley went overtime. But I think he's done a great job, and he's really, I think, helped bring some of the forefront of uh, some of these players from El Toro. Um, I've been really impressed with El Toro's speed. They're a fast team on the counterattack, and they play very well together. And I think you can tell when you see these kids um, make their reads and passes so quickly, and, and read uh, their opponent, their uh, their teammates in the water find the opening uh, so quickly, I think it, it just shows that they're used to playing each other uh, through the club program. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, I, they also are, I mean, Set really um, is feeding a couple of programs. One of them, the Laguna Beach team plays for Set in the offseason, and the El Toro team plays for Set in the offseason. And so I think you're, you know, and, and San Clemente has some players, obviously, that are on the Set team as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think those teams have been able to really stick with their game plan, which is which has been great. Um, yeah, I think there is something to be said about depth, and those D two teams aren't nearly as deep as the Division one teams. But I think El Toro and San Clemente, it's great for that area to have those two teams in the final. San Clemente historically has been a great program. Uh, El Toro has as well, and so to see those two uh, familiar names back in the final, I think is great. You know, in terms of who's going to win the game, uh, you know, I think San Clemente's probably has the edge right now. I think Amber McCutcheon is a little bit too much to handle for any anybody one on one, and if they're shooting the ball well uh, from the outside, then I think it's going to be really difficult for El Toro to to keep up because San Clemente can counter as well. You know, they're not just a front court two meter uh, team. They can, they can score some easy ones as well. So I think that's going to be key for them. And, you know, we'll see if uh, they get, who gets caught up in the moment and, and sort of um, maybe 
and who rises to the occasion. So, you know, I could see if San Clemente gets into some foul trouble, then I, I see El Toro coming in. But, I mean, I would not be surprised if this was a, you know, overtime game, you know, sudden death overtime type situation. Wow. Well, that sounds exciting. I, I think uh, it is going to be a big matchup at two meters. Like you mentioned, Amber McCutcheon, left-hander. She actually scored the winning goal against Segura late on a counterattack in the semifinals. San Clemente won that game 8-7. to seven. But, you know, she's going to match up at two meters with Maddie D'Amato, um, you know, the, the uh, sister of, of Laguna Beach coach, Ethan D'Amato. Mm-hmm. So she'll be guarding two meters, but she's going to have some help. You're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna have, El Toro's going to have to give Maddie some assistance, and I think that will be a key matchup. Um, both teams are going to have to play good defense. I think it's going to be it's a tough pick for me. Um, I have a lot of respect for San Clemente. They were the you know, preseason number one in the division. But, I, you know, after watching El Toro, uh, I, I could see El Toro winning this thing. I think some of their depth is impressive. You know, they have two centers, um, Dana uh, Asaria, and then they have another one, um, Haley Haggerty. And they have a lot of attackers, you know, um, Maddie Parento, Cami Martinez, Ashley Riley. Pretty uh, fast team. I like their goalie, Tori uh, Rioni. So, um I'm probably going to give the El Toro. My prediction will probably come in in El Toro yeah. get their first title. And uh, I know the girls are motivated to try to get get uh, some of their uh, their accomplishments on their big CIF uh, uh, record board at El Toro. So they might, I think they're going to get their their wish on that one. So I, I mean, think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's going to. It is really a tough call. I mean, and and I'm not. You know, obviously I say San Clemente, but I, I mean. I think it's going to go either way. It's it's really tough, just like what you're saying. It's really tough to give the edge to one team over the other. You know, I just think when it when it comes down to big games, a six on five is so critical. And I I think San Clemente is going to have more of those opportunities when it comes down to it because they just have dominant two meter play. And so um, Amber has shown over the course of this year more so than in years past that even on a drop, she can make a quick move and drop, draw an exclusion. The only thing that I've seen that hurts uh, San Clemente is when the centers don't come back to defense. You know, if, if, if they're countering all the way down, if, if El Toro's countering two-meter players all the way down to the two, that becomes really difficult. And, I mean, I know that from experience, just from playing them, playing coaching against them uh, up in Santa Barbara, we were countering Amber all the way down to the two, and she got her third kick out uh, in the third quarter. So um, that was a big loss for them, and that sort of yeah. rattles their team. So we'll see what El Toro does. Yeah, and San Clemente's got some, you know, they got, like you said, they have some good depth too. Um, you know, and, you know, they have some other outstanding players, McKen- uh, McKenna Smith, Cassidy Smith, we mentioned Elena Kusno, um, you know, Rachel uh, Brown and Brunel. Um, you know, Taylor Richardson's a key player for him. So it's going to be a good game, you know, 4 o'clock, Division Two for sure. And, you know, turning our focus to that 7 o'clock game, Coach, Division One final. Laguna Beach looking for the perfect season, looking for their 52nd uh, straight victory. And then, you know, Foothill, who has at times played Laguna Beach tough, looking for, uh, looking for that, you know, breakthrough after losing four other times to Laguna Beach. I think this could be. Uh, I think this will be a good game. I think Foothill is going to come back and play closer than they have uh, at the Irvine SoCal Championships final. 
which wasn't that close of a game. I think uh, Foothill's going to play them close, but I think you know my pick's going to be be Laguna Beach. But I, I think I think Foothill's going to uh, really show up in this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think for for Foothill, you know, when I was doing the live stream um, with Greg Meskel on Wednesday night, we were sort of talking on. Um, what kind of motivation does the Foothill beating Newport bring to, for them coming into the final in terms of starting the game off right? Um, Foothill did not start the game well on Wednesday night against Newport. Newport had all the you know momentum, they had all the firepower, and luckily Foothill was really capitalized on Newport not able to put the ball in the goal. I mean, they just didn't have good possessions. For almost two and a half quarters, Newport just wasn't playing good offense. You know, they were sort of scattered. They were, you know, they, they couldn't generate the goals. And Foothill was able to hang around. They can't play that game against Laguna because if they're not creating offense throughout all four quarters, I'm not saying they have to score. I'm just saying they have to have offense. They have to make Laguna play defense for all 30 seconds of the shot clock. If they don't uh, do that, then Laguna's going to get on the counter and they're going to score some easy ones and then Foothill's in trouble. And so I think that is the number one key is Foothill has to start strong and they have to make sure that they're matching the intensity and the momentum that Laguna Beach is going to have. Because Laguna, and I know you see this, I mean, you're sitting poolside, Laguna is, they have a different demeanor about them than any other team I've seen all year. They're so focused. They're so ready. They're so primed. They're not t looking past anyone. They're not, I mean, they're just 100% locked in right now. And when you have a team like that, you know, you're playing a team like that, you have to be able to at least match that sort of intensity. And so we'll see if Foothill can do that. Um, and, you know, the thing I noticed with Laguna versus CDM is, you know, CDM had a lot of turnovers on the perimeter. They were passing the ball, and, and when you sit and you don't release for the ball to create space for your teammate, the margin of error becomes very small, and Laguna is able to take advantage of that. So Foothill needs to create a lot of movement on the perimeter. I mean, we're talking going back to super basics, you know, release. Three strokes in, three strokes out. Making the player, the defensive player, play defense. Not just, you know, because if you don't move, Laguna likes to grab the suit. They like to stay up in the lane. And they're physical. And, I mean, I know Ethan's probably out there listening. Yes, they grab suits. And, yes, they hold on the perimeter. I mean, that's what they do. And, I mean they're strong enough players to be able to get away with that, you know? And so um, Foothill, you know, they're the only team right now that I've seen that could ma match the physicality. And so they're going to have to move. And if they can create some kickouts early on on the perimeter because Laguna's holding, Laguna might have to back up off their presses a little bit. You know, and the only thing with Laguna, though, is if you have somebody in foul trouble you still have three or four other girls coming off the bench that are good players. So their depth is one of their strengths for sure. Yeah. Well, Foothill's very deep as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're, they're, they're strong in depth as well. You know, I think a, 
know, one interesting challenge, I think, for Foothill, and I like, and I, one of the reasons I picked Foothill to beat Newport because I like the speed advantage on Foothill's team, and I thought that definitely came out with when Foothill got some of their counterattacks. Kenzie Snyder had a good game. Foothill played uh, well enough defensively to get out in the counter and get some, you know, some high percentage shots against an outstanding goalie in Carly Campana. So I like, I think Foothill, they, they got the pace that they wanted to play, but I don't know if that's the pace to play Laguna Beach with. If you want to play them in that up-tempo, counterattack style and really go for it. Kenzie Snyder has a great arm, and she throws some amazing outlet passes, mm-hmm. the goalie, um, for Foothill. And they have some speed to burn with, you know, with, uh, you know, Brooke Maxson is a, is a fast attacker. Um, Emily Kanishi is a fast attacker. Julia Sellers is a good, a, a, a swift attacker. So they have some girls that can can get up and, and uh, get out in open water and do some damage, but I just don't know if that's the way to play um, Foothill. And I think what I've seen from Foothill, uh, if that's the way to play Laguna Beach, and I think what I've seen from, Laguna, uh, from Foothill is try to attack Laguna Beach with multiple setters. They have different, you know, they have Kana uh, Manzella who can set as their primary, but they have some other girls, you know, a great uh, PB house, um, even this uh, fresh Noel. Um, Wine Belt, um, if I'm pronouncing her name, uh, probably not uh, correctly, but she's a freshman, a very tall freshman who impressed me with some power. And maybe that's the way they, they can try to uh, to uh, put more pressure on Laguna Beaches by setting different girls, try to get some foul trouble, put some more pressure um, on, you know, having Aria and Mackenzie Fisher have to guard uh, more two meters at times. I, I mean, I don't. I think you're right, spot on, and I think uh, Ross Sinclair from CDM. I mean, as well as other teams, tried to do that. You know, Ross tried to do that with CDM um, on Wednesday night. He tried to slow the game down. You could really see the pace of the game started slowing down in the beginning, and Laguna kept, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing. The difference between CDM and um, Foothill is I do think that CDM, uh, Foothill has stronger two-meter play. And so um, they're, they're deeper overall. And so I think if they can slow the game down, Foothill, if they could slow it down, and Laguna's going to press. I mean, Laguna is not going to drop unless they absolutely have to because they have good two-meter defenders. But Foothill's two-meter players are good, you know, and so if they can create one-on-one situations – they can get some kickouts. It might they, the only chance they have is to alleviate or try to get that Laguna team to stop pressing them and go into some sort of a drop, which will hopefully open up some outside shots. And we all know that if you know someone's shooting it well, then there's nothing anybody can do. So, I mean, I think that's their only chance. Uh, Foothill's going to have to play a near perfect game to beat Laguna. I don't think Laguna has to play perfect to beat Foothill. Um, and so, you know, I think they're both great teams. I think Foothill on any other year would be number one. You know, I mean, I really do. I think they would be the number one team right now. But Laguna is just too strong, too deep. And, um, you know, Mackenzie, you know, she's she's unguardable. And, and the way she's approaching the game is, she is looking for her teammates first, and then when the second half comes around, and after you're now you're 
really focused on the teammates because, you know, Arya had three goals in the first quarter, I think, against CDM. Now McKenzie starts shooting the ball. And, and then that just becomes, you know, then now what do you do type thing. So um, if McKenzie keeps looking for her teammates early, I think it's going to be really, really tough for Foothill. Yeah, and I agree with you about, you know, Laguna Beach's focus has been very impressive this year. They seem like they've gotten better throughout the season, which is, you know, a scary you know, thought for such an undefeated team on set, running on such a long winning streak. And their supporting cast is, is so strong, you know, and, and probably gets overlooked at times. Girls like Bella Baldridge, um, you know, Haley Evans, you know, we, we mentioned uh, uh, Mia Salvini uh, in the past. I mean, you know, Holly Parker in the, in, in the cage. This, this team's loaded. I, I think they'll win. Um, but I think Foothill's – and I think they'll play well. I think Laguna Beach will play really well. I think Foothill will play well. And I think it will be uh, – I think it will be uh, – I'd be surprised if it gets out of hand. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get out of hand. I think Laguna Beach is going to have their second title in a row. That's going to be the last uh, high school game for Mackenzie Fisher. So um, I think when you look at the out there. I think when you look at the score line on OCVarsity.com after the game, there's going to be one quarter where Laguna outscores them by a couple goals, and that's going to be the difference. You know, it's going to be like a three-one quarter, and all the other quarters are going to be tied, and I think that's going to be the difference. And so Foothill just, man, use your timeouts, you know. Don't let them go on a run. Use your timeouts yeah. and slow, try to slow them down as much as you can because, um, you know, they can pop off a six-goal run just like that, and all of a sudden you're down big. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great game. It's obviously a big challenge for Foothill. I think they're up for it. I like some of the comments from Julia Sellers um, after the game, the, uh, one of the Foothill co-captains. They're fired up. We know Laguna Beach is super fo- uh, focused. They were they were focused talking about this year's championship right after they they won last year's championship against Newport Harbor. So it's going to be. But I think it's going to be a good game. I think the uh, El Toro San Clemente games going to be outstanding. I think yeah. there's going to be some other great games out there. You know, I hope the rain stays away, but it might. Sounds like it might not. But uh, 10 a.m. first game is going to be Division Seven. Foothill Tech against Hillcrest, and it's going to go all the way out till seven o'clock. So it's going to be uh, with the uh, Division One final. So I think it's going to be a great day out there. And yeah, if so I it's could say, great, uh, if I great could talking say, to you all year on the uh, podcast, e- boys season on the girls. Oh no, definitely. I really appreciate the opportunity. If I could just say one thing here uh, before you sign off, you know, uh, we're not streaming the games. Go Live Polo is not streaming, but NFHS is um, streaming the games, and. Listen, if you want, for those fans out there, if you want water polo to be put on live stream, if you want it to be on TV, you know, these are the opportunities that we as fans have to log in, watch the game online, check them out, because, you know, if you don't, then there's no market for it. And so it's really, really important that if you're not going to make it out to the game, which we obviously, you know, we suggest that you go out to the game first, you're not going to go out to the game at least watch it online and show everybody show the you know the sports world and cif and everyone else that this is something that is viable and there's a big market for it so please support the stream and and watch it no matter who's putting it on absolutely coach yeah i and i started to watch your um streams uh, from the go live polo stream from the division one semifinals and I, you know that's what i did after you know on friday uh 
yet on Thursday, the day after, I started to watch those again, review those, and study those, and I'll be doing that again today on Friday, and uh, probably beyond. So um, it's a great that those are archived games. The broadcast, you know, I want to congratulate you guys. It was great quality and, and an outstanding, you know, insightful commentary. So Thank you. I would definitely uh, echo your sentiments. And, you know, if you have a daughter out there or a friend out there playing, you can definitely uh, check out the stream. It's, it, you'll, it'll be uh, well worth it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks again for, for everything, and, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Sounds good, Coach. And congratulations to you guys. Uh, Orange losing on a great, you know, uh, building season there. And in uh, all the teams that got to the semifinals, there's a lot of great performances this year. It was a, it was a good, it's been a really good year in Orange County, uh, in girls' water polo and in boys' water polo. So uh, it, it was a great season, and I certainly enjoyed talking a lot with you, Coach. Yeah, we'll uh, catch up soon. All right, well, thanks again for following us here on another Inside Orange County uh, Water Polo Podcast, and we will see you poolside on Saturday at the division, all the division, CIS uh, Southern Section Championship.